0: This is the Banks of the Raritan Podcast, presented by the Fans First Sports Network. Banks of the Raritan Podcast, Greg Petuto, as always, here with Matt Forno. And Matt, Wagner week coming up. Doesn't really have the same juice as uh, Michigan or or even Virginia Tech now, does it?
1: No, but I think this is a game, I know I'm going to watch all of it, regardless of the outcome. Hopefully it should be a blowout, but... This is an opportunity for Rutgers to really show to its fans what the team's capable of. Yes, this is an inferior opponent, but I think fans have a lot of things they want to see. A lot of people want to see Gavin sling the ball. I have a couple friends that are like, I want to see us establish a good running attack. You know, there's things that we want to see, uh, and I think this is the game where you know they have the pizza, the, the dollar slice promo going in. They yeah, want fans to get it. into the stadium. I think it's going to clear up a little bit weather-wise. I don't think it's going to be as rainy yesterday as it, as it's been today or at least last night and through today. So yeah, it should be a fun Saturday. I unfortunately it will be my uh, it will be my, my my fiance and I's engagement party, so I will be mm-hmm. out of commission, but I will be able to watch the game. It's over the party's over at 3:30. Not a coincidence there. And also I just would Perfect like to give diamond. a quick quick shout out to my fiance who celebrated her 28th birthday yesterday. So Taylor, happy birthday. Uh, can't, can't, can't wait for, for more years of, of fun together and watching college
0: football. She is a Virginia Tech grad, Virginia Tech fan, uh, so condolences to her, of course. Absolutely. Happy birthday, and I hope you guys enjoy the party on Saturday, and you get to enjoy it even into the night with this Rutgers game and everybody at the stadium as well. This is, more, this is another fun week, I think, for Rutgers. I mentioned last week the fun that you could have watching that Michigan game because all the pressure was off. This is another week, again, pressure is going to be off, go enjoy the tailgate, the 3.30 game time, my perfect, my personal favorite time for a game um, with the tailgate. And then you mentioned the what's going on inside the stadium. Should be a fun time in Piscataway, in New Brunswick, around the area, and for fans watching at home. Because again, this is a, a Wagner team that you could count wins on one hand that they've had over the past you know four or five years. So this should be a game that Rutgers takes control of and gets to four wins, which is What we all expected. That Virginia Tech game still feels so important, regardless of how they're going to turn out over the course of this season. So I guess you know we're going to get into some talk on what we want to see from Rutgers, talk a little football around the country as well before we give our best bets of this week. And I'll start by saying, you mentioned the passing attack. You mentioned a couple friends that want to see them establish a run. Speaking to those friends, Rutgers did that over the first three weeks of the year. We know they can do that. Let Gavin throw the football. Let him throw the football. I was looking at the stats from this game last year because, again, a hard one. I mean, uh, an easy one to forget. They ran the ball last year for 328 yards, 54 attempts, just a crazy number on that many t- attempts. But they only threw the ball for 257 yards. Gavin came in last year, had a touchdown, threw a pick, did, You know, six for 14 I think he was against this Wagner team. Let him go out and throw the football. We know Rutgers could run the ball. Go give fans in the stadium something to cheer about. Hit some big plays. Open up the playbook a little in the passing attack.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you. I I know that we'll be able to run the ball against them. And honestly, Gavin was able to run the ball well against Michigan. So it's not like yeah. I needed – and he, he checked the box for me when it comes to uh, getting a long touchdown run against – virginia tech in a crucial time so saw all of that i you know i would love to see sam brown al salam i think those guys will all get snaps i think this is the game where you can feed guys the ball that maybe haven't seen it uh, it's also going to be a game to monitor for players that are going to potentially burn their red shirt are we going to see jason benjamin for the rest of the year i don't know he's clearly shown that he could be a I don't think he'll be able to do it exactly what Kyle Monunga can do, like, between the tackle. But he's an explosive back with speed that I would love to see more this year. But I trust Shiano and the coaching staff to handle his situation appropriately. You know, in the world of the transfer portal, you don't want to lose a guy. You want to keep him happy. However, yeah, like you said, I know we're going to run the ball. And if we struggle running the ball against Wagner, like, then I don't want to watch the rest of the year. We want to see Gavin throw the ball. I think we will see him throw the ball. A connection on a big on a long pass play would be amazing i think it would it would really get things going into a huge huge uh big 10 slate that will be a gauntlet as the season progresses so getting confidence building momentum or gaining momentum is going to be huge this game it shouldn't be hard to attain and going back to last year's game we were very much so in the middle of that quarterback circus during this game johnny Langan threw a touchdown pass evan simon threw a touchdown pass I don't know if Gavin did. He may have ran for a touchdown. I'm not sure. He had a touchdown
0: pass, yeah, but he also threw a pick.
1: Exactly. And that was what we. And just to go back to that, uh, maybe it's. And I think a lot of it is the play design. And I think the only time he threw a pass similar to what he did against Wagner is we saw it a lot last year. He, He did it, I think, against Boston College, he did it against Wagner, he did it in other games plays break down and he just scrambles out of the pocket instead of running the ball or throwing it out of bounds which he's done really well this year he would just launch it to the middle of the field across his body i think he learned early on that's just or he learned after last season that's not going to be something he can do and should do and he hasn't done it so this is a game again we want to play clean i don't want to see any turnovers yes get a big play but do it on the correct do it the correct way not the risky way and uh just to flip to this other side of the ball excuse me I really, really want to see a defensive touchdown, really bad. I think this is the perfect opportunity. I imagine Wagner's going to have to pass the ball at some point. I would just love for an exciting defensive touchdown or special teams or both. I think that would be very, very fun and something that the, would get the defense that's already played at a high level
0: uh, even humming even more. I think confidence was the perfect word, and not because Gavin lacks confidence. I don't think he does. I don't think over the course of the four games he's really shown anything that can make you say he lacks confidence within this offense or on this team. But it can never hurt to gain a little bit. And again, we know Rutgers could run the football. We we saw them do it last year against Wagner. We saw them do it the first three games of this season. We know they could run the ball. They're going to run the ball well against Wagner. That's that's all fine and good. Let's, let's open it up a little bit. Let's hit some big plays. Let's show what Gavin can do with his arm. And like you said, gain a little more confidence. Now, we're not going to get crazy about this either. This isn't to say that You know, Rutgers scores in the 50s, and Gavin slinging the ball all all over the field. This shouldn't make you feel like he's just going to go into Big Ten play and all of a sudden do this. Because again, of who they're playing, but give the fans something to cheer about, show some excitement. You know, show a couple big plays. This is a game where you can open up the playbook and kind of use it as a scrimmage, use it as a a seven on seven type game that allows you to to give your guys reps and plays that they might not run because you might need them down the stretch of the season.
1: Yeah, I and like you said, we're going into the Big Ten play after this for the rest of the year. We're not we're not looking back, uh, and also just to look back quickly. Actually, Northwestern picking up that win against Minnesota makes our win against Minnesota, or I'm sorry, Northwestern, Northwestern, yeah, even better. I mean, clearly, Northwestern's not a the, the worst team in in the conference, like definitely right now. They could end up be, but maybe it's Indiana in mean, Minnesota. Yeah, they beat Nebraska, but like they're. I don't think they're like solidified as the worst team in the conference. So for Rutgers to already have that win against a team that will also have a big 10 win on their resume is huge, but to look forward to after this game against Wagner, I don't know how much it matters, but if they're able to do unique things on offense, big explosive plays, uh, not so much trick plays, but showing things that we haven't shown uh, last or in previous games, maybe that forces teams like Wisconsin that we're going to be playing or Michigan state Oh, we have to be able to defend this, or this is a new look on defense that we have to prepare for. You know, it makes their lives harder. So we'll see if that if that makes any changes. I it's always something to monitor. You have to account for anything that can change game to game. But I imagine we're going to see a little bit. I think we're going to see more downfield play rather than let's like we don't need to have seven minute drives. Fans want to see points this game. You know, I think I know I predicted a score of fifty five or fifty. Yeah, I think 55 nothing or 54 nothing. Like that's a lot of scoring. You're not going to be able to ha- you can't have 8-minute drives if you're going to score all those points.
0: Yeah, and that was how it was last year too. They hit some big plays in the run game. Like I said, the passing attack never got going last year, but they hit some big plays in the run game. I think they only had one drive looking at the box score from last year that, you know, was an extended drive in the second half. Um yeah, right here, 17 plays went for 9 minutes in the second half. Once the game was already in hand, but they were able to hit some big plays. Wagner was almost even in the time of possession because that's how much, that's how quick Rutgers was scoring. You know, you score 66 points and they have almost an even time of possession in the game. So I'm in for that game plan again, but again, do it through the air. Show that Gavin can throw this football in the first half. Take him out, you know, maybe after the first drive of the third quarter. Hopefully once the game is out, put some new quarterbacks in put some new skill position players and get some guys, some reps. I want to see the depth of this team kind of take over and, you know, defensive score would be nice too. But again, last year, they had nine guys get a carry. They had eight guys catch a pass. So we're going to see some of the depth hopefully. And I want to see it in big ways.
1: Yeah. I think one guy I really think has an opportunity. We've seen that Jaquay Jackson can make explosive plays. We've seen Christian Drummond be explosive and reliable. We've seen plenty of Isaiah Washington over the years. I want to see him continue to succeed. This could be a game where Ian Strong comes on as a freshman presence in the Big Ten. He makes some plays. He already had the arguably our best play of the year uh, in the first game of the year, first touchdown of the year against Northwestern. So I think this is a perfect game for someone like him. If Rutgers is willing to burn his redshirt, which I think they will, especially with Chris uh, Long being hurt. I don't know if he's still hurt, but he's, missing most he's missed all the games pretty much but yeah i think this is a great opportunity for a player like him and for guys we haven't seen yet i'd love to see the true freshman quarterback i i'm, I'm sorry if i'm butchering his name i think it's a, jo- a johnny shepherd or yeah, or, yeah from yeah, new John york shepherd, yeah. would love to see him play just another quarterback i mean obviously we've seen evan simon i imagine we see some more of him but you know uh, we, we know what evan simon's gonna bring to the table i want him to, again i want him to he's a I'm happy he's a backup. He's a he's he's a, he, he's I wouldn't say he's a starting quarterback in the Big Ten, but he's a very capable backup and he knows the well probably doesn't know the offense because it's new, but he he's capable. Uh clearly showed that last yeah, year. He knows Greg Fiano. Exactly. And he stuck around, which I'm happy about. Uh so that that that's there's things to look like for that. On the defensive side, it'd be great to see Moses Walker have like a Statement game, you know he he's not that. Again, I don't think he's played bad. He just hasn't played much because our guys have played really well, and we're only really starting two or our three starting linebackers that we typically have are extremely good guys. It's not like you want to take them off the field; you want to keep them on the field. I think they've done a great job because of the way the defensive lines performed. It's made their lives easier. So you know Moses Walker on defense, Ian Strong on offense, could be cool to see them both make some explosive plays.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see the the running backs. Get healthy, stay healthy in this game. Talking about Sam Brown and Aaron Young. They've been, obviously it's been the Kyle guy show. He's just had such an electric start to the year. And and Young just coming back. Samuel Brown not being at 100%. I kind of want to see both of those guys get going a little. Like I said, get them going in the second half maybe. Throw a couple passes to Aaron Young. But just, again, give them, coming off an injury too, it's important to get that confidence You know, testing out whatever was hurt on you and giving your mind the confidence that you're okay, you can do this moving forward. So I think that's going to be a big factor, too, just to kind of get the guys that you really haven't used much this year more involved in the offense because as Big Ten play starts, you're going to need that, especially in the backfield.
1: Yeah, definitely. There, there's, it, it should be a fun game. That's all I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a healthy game uh explosive plays on offense and honestly i wouldn't hate to see jay patel continue to build confidence in the kicking game i think it's gonna he is going to be a factor against teams like wisconsin iowa where maybe we're not expecting a lot of scoring on either sides of the ball you have to be able to make those intermediate to long field goals he's shown that he can do it unfortunately missed against michigan but like again he wasn't off it was there uh it's just that's i can't imagine what it's like to be a true freshman kicker you're one of your, you know, one of the few kicks you have so far is in the on the road in the big house. So another guy I'm looking at and hopefully we don't have to say Flynn Appleby's name once at the entire game. I, I love watching him punt the ball. He's done a great job, but this is a game. I, I honestly don't want him to put his helmet on.
0: Yeah, I'm still not sold on Wisconsin. I, I, I mean, uh, Rutgers having a chance in that Wisconsin game, maybe if if I see something a little more. But I just think Wisconsin is so, you know, far ahead, just talent wise, like the talent gap is just not there. Iowa, I might be able to talk myself into by the time we get there. Again, the the matchup with this Rutgers offense against the elite Iowa defense, but that that offense just cannot score points and and it's not even scoring points, they can't move the ball. I mean, they had I think they had 40 yards or 50 yards against Penn State, like four I know they had four first downs, like that offense is just putrid and and with the way Rutgers defense is playing, I, that might be a game home or away. I don't care where it's played. I might be able to talk myself into that one by the time we get there. But well, I mean, Wisconsin. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: we'll get into maybe more about Iowa when we're talking best bets. But they do play Michigan State on the or there. It's Michigan State at Iowa. If Michigan State mm-hmm. is able to, or if they're not able to score against that defense, yeah, that's going to be a don't game. Very good. Then there's then that's it. That Brian Farenth needs to be fired. I don't care if they're or a one loss team and they still can be a top 25 team come the end of the year. You're not. I don't even know how fans show up to games. Like, I really don't because it's – I. at the end of the day, you want to have an enjoyable time watching. I want my team to win first and foremost, but I want to enjoy watching them play. You're stabbing your eyes if you're watching Iowa play on offense, and that's coming from Rutgers fans who have watched just as bad as offense, and I was close to stabbing my eyes. So we'll see. But, again, if Michigan State is, one, able to score points again against them or if Iowa is able to score points against – Michigan State's defense like that game again it's probably the lowest over under of the week but a game to watch for Rutgers fans because you play both of those teams and it's two winnable games at least when it comes to like both one team's in the complete dumpster fire the other can't score points
0: like even Illinois put up 350 yards against Penn State like Penn State hasn't been in in danger of losing any of these games but you know West Virginia scored 15 points Illinois uh, moved the ball a little bit at least especially um, in the first half but I mean four first downs like that's that's hard to do I remember I was looking at this game I wasn't watching it because it was the same time as the Ohio State Notre Dame game but I mean Cade McNamara was 5 of 14 for 42 yards like that's your quarterback you brought in to be this spark plug on the offense you brought in these wide receivers and this tight end like thinking that with the tight end that came with to him from Michigan thinking that you're going to do something offensively now you know Brian Ferentz is going to score 25 points a game all of a sudden it's embarrassing out there. It's bad. And, again, this is coming from a Rutgers podcast calling another offense embarrassing. But it's so <laughs> it's so true with how bad this Iowa team actually is offensively, we, I should say.
1: We talk about Rutgers offense. I do think they left some points on the board against Michigan, probably at least six when it comes to, like, two field goals they probably could have attempted. Either way, uh, I think the Rutgers offense showed a lot more competency than a team like Iowa who – Penn State could have the best defense in the, in the conference, <clears throat> but that is Rutgers' 2019 level of offense yeah. that that they put on display. So keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, as bad as the Rutgers offense was last year, you know, you almost take you almost take that over what Iowa's been showing this year, and that was one of the most historically bad offenses too that we've seen. Like you could talk about the the Michigan game, like you said, there were some points out there, and they obviously scored on a broken play. The um, well, not broken, I should say. Gavin made a nice throw. Dremel obviously turned on the Jets, but the safety, not the best play on the ball. Tried to undercut it, and Dremel was able to go past them. Why can't Iowa do that then? You can't, you know, say, all right, Rutgers broke a big play. Well, Iowa hasn't broken any plays. Like When you have a quarterback 5 of 14 for 42 yards that you brought in to be the guy, that's just – that's next level of incompetency at the offensive coordinator position. So I put this on Brian Ferentz. It's been, it's been a couple years now. you got to figure it out. Yeah, for sure.
1: I totally agree. I mean – Maybe this is the perfect time to transition into like, you know. Obviously, we're not going to talk agnosium about Wagner because yeah, there's not much to say. <laughs> I wouldn't tune into that podcast if I were you. But maybe this is a time where we could talk. Kind of the idea I had is maybe we could we could talk specifically Rutgers' biggest surprises, biggest disappointments, and then I also think it'd be cool to talk biggest surprises, biggest disappointments from each team. Not each team, but from each conference, one of those teams that fills those categories. So. You know, I, I guess if you want to start with Rutgers, I would say, what would be the biggest surprise? I don't think I'm going to say the defense. I'm not going to touch on the defense. I want to say just Gavin Wimsatt's poise and maturation was in the pocket. Like he looks, eye test wise, like a good quarterback in the pocket. He's, his mechanics look good on throws that are bad. His mechanics look don't look good. So he's just shown, I think, a great, a good step of improvement, almost what you would would expect from an actual sophomore in college. Because, yes, he's been at Rutgers for technically, we'll call it three, this is his third year technically, but he's really a sophomore. And I think this is exactly what you would expect from a true sophomore quarterback, which is how I'm going to choose to look at him. That may not be correct, but it is when it comes to his age and where all the other quarterbacks who are his age are at. I think he's just shown a tremendous amount of growth in a year where we needed him to desperately.
0: I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna say the offensive line. You know I'm not. Gonna uh, that, touch, that's the right answer. That's I'm, the right answer. I'm not gonna touch defensively because we expected this defense to be good and question marks that were there last year weren't this year. As in the linebackers, all that stuff. The offensive line continued to be a question mark. We weren't sure that there was going to be five nailed down. Greg Schiano wasn't sure he was looking for it, but it wasn't sure. This unit has, has looked pretty good. I'm not saying this is you know Notre Dame or. Or anybody that's going to have these big 6'5, 350 pound guys go to the NFL. But this has been a group that seems to have gelled and gelled quickly in a new offensive scheme. So, you know, credit to Kirk Soraka there as well. But this offensive line has helped in the run game. They've pass protected pretty well. And it's just, it's sparked in some games that, you know, we needed it to spark. You look at the Virginia Tech game, like taking over that game. Temple in that, well, obviously, uh, turnovers, the defense helped in that one too. But the Temple game in the fourth quarter, especially. So if this if this unit's able to gel more and stay healthy, I mean, sky's the limit there and it helps when it helps your quarterback obviously when you have a young quarterback when your offensive line is playing at this level.
1: Yeah. And I guess in terms of biggest disappointment, that's that's, you know, i go with this, and it's not much of a disappointment. I feel like I'm uh, answering, I can, you know, what's your biggest weakness? I'm spinning it into a positive. I guess it's just the lack of use of Sam Brown. I think Rutgers fans really expected him to be the vocal point of the offense, aside from Gavin Wimsatt. So, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, I don't want to say another one. Maybe if you don't touch on it, I'll add to it. But just not seeing him enough. But at the same time, I think that's a good thing because you're winning games without him. And hopefully as we get into more Big Ten play, which is what we saw from him last year, we can lean on him a little bit more for more, you know, maybe maybe more chunk or three-yard pickups, four-yard pickups, but then also capable of breaking off that big run. So would love to see him more involved in the offense. But again, he's coming off injury. Take him, I think they're doing the right thing with him, but it would be awesome to see some more of him.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't want to... I had two in mind. And And Sam Brown was the first one, and I didn't want to use the word disappointment, so you put it you put it the right way. I think when you said the use of Sam Brown because we can't really be too upset with him. he hasn't been used much, he hasn't played much, and he might not be healthy at this point, so I would definitely like to see him more as well if they can get him healthy and get him within the offense um to me, it's a secondary right now mm. if I had to pick one because I'm not saying they're they've been bad. But they've been just unimpressive. You know, I expected yeah. a little more from the experience. You know, Max Melton's a guy that we expect to play on Sundays eventually. Robert Longerbeam has the potential um and the experience from last year. They brought in a couple transfers to bolster that secondary a bit. Now I understand they lost a lot from last year and some guys that are contributing at the next level as well. Christian and looks like a legitimate safety in the NFL, yep. but I just expected to see a little more from this. You know, Max Mell kind of take that next step to be a true number one corner in the Big Ten. And I'm not saying it won't happen this year. It's only been four games, but right now I don't think we've seen it just yet.
1: No, that's a fair point. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there was a there was a couple of plays against I don't one of, one of them in particular with Max Mellon got burnt. Not burnt, but beat. And and Kyron Jones I, the guy dropped it. I mean it was a great throw and, and he was beat. He was straight up beat. There's no question about it. And yeah, I guess I don't know how much of a disappointment it is with the way the safeties have performed. But I do think that Desmond Igbenissan, I'll never say his name right, and Shaquan Loyal could certainly be playing better. Uh, they've made great plays, both of them. But they I'm worried against a team like Ohio State that you are going to yep. need oh, to yeah. be ready for anything, that they could be you know, a potential liability. Now, I think they have plenty of room for growth, and I think they play great in the box. But, like I said... Uh, uh, last pod, there were plenty of times where Shaquan Logue just got fooled with the read option and and, and KJ McCarthy was able to pick up the first down and more. So, want to use a game like this against Wagner to clean up those type of mistakes. Play aggressive, make big plays, build that confidence, and that's where we need to go. This other point, I don't know how much of a disappointment it is because it was such a question mark and kind of expected, but it would be great for a number one wide receiver to emerge from this team. It can be Christian Dremel, but I think it should be Jaquay Jackson. He just he has that explosive ability to do it on a slant, on a go route, on a screen. Maybe we see it against uh, Wagner, but I would love to see a number one guy that we're like, you know, we don't have a Marvin Harrison. We don't have a Romeo O'Doones from Washington. We don't have those guys. That's fine. Not, not many teams do, but it would be great for one guy to be our go-to guy. Maybe we'll figure it out as the season progresses, but for right now it's been operated by committee, which isn't bad. I mean, guys are getting involved more than they have in previous years, so it should be fun to see where the stats line up with the receivers year over year compared to this year and last. So, yeah, I would say Rutgers is in a great spot right now compared to years past through four
0: games. Going around the country a little bit, too, we I feel like we have to start with what many feel like is the deepest conference. And in the last year, basically, of this conference, the Pac-12's been really, oh, yeah. really impressive. So I think as a whole, the the conference has been a big surprise. Because when you look at USC, we expect, that obviously with Caleb Williams coming back, they're scoring a million points. Utah's a, a big surprise to me because Cam Rising hasn't really been healthy and their defense is playing really well. Who knew that Washington was going to be – this good and Michael Penix was going to be a Heisman favorite, you know, four weeks through the season. I don't even have to talk about Colorado because you look at <laughs> other, you know, Oregon with Bo Nix. Like, there's some really good co- college quarterbacks in this conference, and the conference is really deep. They have one, two, three, the top five teams in this conference are four and oh still. That includes Washington State. They have four other teams that are three and one. Like, this is a deep conference. There's a lot of good teams out west.
1: Yeah, the, it's, a, it's a real sh- I mean, it's not a shame because the teams in the Pac-12 have done nothing wrong. It's not their fault. The Pac-12 is what failed the Pac-12 yeah, and the fans absolutely. and the teams and the fan bases, all of that. Uh, it's a shame that, I mean, it's not a shame that the Pac-12 is going away because we couldn't watch it anyway. So it's, it, 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 you want, I wish that these teams could all stay together because I think without question, they have the best regionality, probably besides the SEC. But I think when you think Pac-12, you think West Coast and all these teams are out there and they're all really, really competitive. And they have, without question, the best quarterbacks in uh, top to bottom. The best quarterbacks play in that league, which makes sense because they typically come from out west. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you look at a team like, like I, I like to, I still think that the three best teams of any conference are still in the Big Ten with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. However, you have USC, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and then of course you have to rec- you have to talk about Colorado because. They would they would be a bottom team in this in the in the FBS if it wasn't for Dion right now. So it's just a great conference. I would say the biggest surprise. Uh, I mean, it's t- I honestly just want to say the entire. It's actually not really a surprise because if you pay attention last year, you knew that they were capable quarterbacks. But the level of play that these teams are playing at, I think, is the biggest surprise for me. Though the biggest disappointment. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard, but
0: yeah, I wouldn't even um, say I wouldn't even say many disappointments. Like even yeah. Like- because, you know, Stanford at the bottom, you expected them to be bad. Cal stinks. You know, Arizona State was going to be bad. And then you look at the rest of the teams, they're all three and one, and we didn't even talk about We even talk about Oregon State, you know, going out and getting um, DJ from, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, getting DJ from Clemson. So there's definitely a lot of depth out there. I think Colorado, I feel like we got to touch on that because of just all the media circus that's going on there. I think they're going to start getting exposed. I'm happy they got their big win. You know, I personally... You know, I don't love, I don't hate Colorado. I'm not I'm neutral on that. But I'm not buying into the team on the field per se. I think the quarterback's really good. Shadur Sanders. Obviously Deion Sun's really good. Travis Hunter's gonna be a pro, we know that. He could play either side of the ball at the next level. But I mean the team overall just isn't isn't that great. They got their win over TCU, but they got exposed last week. I think it's gonna happen again.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> I I do think though the problem with the Pac twelve is it's going to hurt them that they – I don't – I actually don't know how – I don't know what their schedules are like. It doesn't look like there's divisions. Um, but,
0: you know, they're no, I all – they I think they play everybody once. I could be yeah. wrong. but
1: So Washington, Oregon, and USC, I think right now,
0: are all capable are capable
1: teams to make a, a stand in the college football playoffs. The problem is they're all not going to make it and they're all going to start to beat up on each other, just like in the Big Ten. Uh, I do think, though, USC's defense is still – a detriment to them. I think when you look at a team like Oregon and Washington, they just are better put together from top to bottom. Oregon could very well be the best team in the conference, but I still think obviously Caleb Williams is the best player in the conference. But the way Michael Penance is playing and the receivers they have on that team, they're an ex- Please watch Washington. Washington is fun to watch. It makes you like you watch Big Ten football all day, and then you turn on a game like Washington or USC. It is a different sport. It's amazing. Uh, but I think that. Overall, it's not the biggest surprise, but the most exciting conference, in my opinion, has just been the Pac-12, without question.
0: Moving on to the, to the SEC. Before, well, One more note on the Pac-12. They play their conference title game on a Friday night, and that's going to be an awesome game to watch late in the year on a Friday night. Moving over, to the, moving over to the SEC. Again, another conference with not a ton of surprises. It's kind of playing out the way you expected. I will say, and it's not a disappointment because they're 4-0 and still number one in the country, I believe, I haven't been overwhelmed with Georgia. I mean, when you look at them play, they've played three bad teams. I haven't watched them. I haven't watched them. They've played three bad teams. They've put up 40 points, but it's been an ugly 40. They've struggled to yep. get to 40, and they almost – they beat South Carolina by 10. Again, their defense is really good, but, I mean, their offense – Carson Beck, I believe, is the quarterback coming in. Like, yep. they're not they're not overly impressive right now. They're number one. you got to give them respect for winning the past two. But I wouldn't say they're the, the national title favorites by any means.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would say, in my opinion, the biggest disappointment. I tr- I bet on them. They were one of my uh, picks last year. Best bets. Auburn does not look good. No, Auburn's offense is very very bad. Uh, their head coach. Uh,
0: they brought in Hugh Freeze from Hugh Freeze. Liberty. Hugh yep. Freeze.
1: I mean, I think their quarterback's Peyton Thorne, who's from like. There's so many b- former Big Ten quarterbacks that are playing in the SEC. He just looks bad. Like the team is, you. you Honestly, all teams like LSU has been consistent since, well, they were down after the year they won the national championship. But there's times where LSU's the best team in the world, and then they kind of fall off. Auburn, for a while now, though, has not caught on. And they have all the resources in the world. They have all the boosters in the world. They're, they're in a fertile recruiting site. <clears throat> and it goes to show you how important coaching is. Because they wanted, I forget their, Brian Hart, Brian Hart, Hart? for Harson to be fired. Like the, the boosters wanted him out before the season started, and it's really killed them. Since Gus Malzahn, who you know won a national championship there, but they didn't like him. They got rid of him. Coaching matters. Money can't buy you everything. Uh, you know, you can make an argument that the same thing can be said about Texas A and M, but they did just beat Auburn, so I can't say that.
0: Alabama's quarterback situation too has been really disappointing, and that we didn't. Ex- we kind of expected that coming in. Again, you know, Milrow's not a guy that was going to light it up they've been so spoiled too when you look at Jalen Hurts to Bryce Young too obviously so the situation out there is not looking good as we as we continue into the big 12 I gotta say a surprise and I bet on them a few weeks now to me is West Virginia yep. and doing it defensively you know obviously the tough game against Penn State that really should have ended 31-15 you know it was a respectable score James Franklin scores that late touchdown they killed Duquesne, and then the two games against Pitt and Texas Tech. They gave up 19 points combined. They're not scoring the ball, obviously. They're they've been unders all year, but they gave up 19 points in those games, made life miserable for Phil Jerkovic, Who, if you listen, <laughs> we're not fans of him. And then the win over Texas Tech. I bet West Virginia. Once again, they've been they've been impressive. I don't expect this to continue. I still think they're one of the lesser teams, but to this point, I'm curious how the defense you know keeps up. And they got two more tests. One more test, I should say. Houston's not the same, but they play TCU on Saturday night, and that's going to be a big test.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, biggest disappointment probably Oklahoma State. They weren't good last year, but they lose Spencer Sanders, and the offense is terrible. I I like Mike Gundy. I think he's a great like character of college football, but like he's been, he's like one of the most tenured coaches in the league, probably in the Big Twelve, probably the most tenured. Been there. I mean, that uh, I'm a man, I'm 40 it was like 16 years ago, a long time ago that that clip was made. So he's over almost 60 years old, um, which isn't old for college or coaching in general. But they like Baylor and Oklahoma State just are not good. Like they're, it's really, I don't like saying that now. I think Baylor gets their quarterback back, like ship shipping so whatever his name is. Uh, so they could turn it around. But also, another disappointment is all of the teams that they added to the conference, like Houston not playing well. Cincinnati, lose their head coach. I don't know how good they were going to be. UCF is down their quarterback, but still, like, not, not playing at UCF level, which is conference championship worthy in the AAC. And then BYU. I mean, BYU is always going to be competitive, but I don't know if they're ever going to be winning that conference. So Big 12 last year, people were saying, oh, most competitive, blah, blah, blah. And then you see what TCU does against Georgia. And it's like, maybe they just aren't that good. Clearly, Texas is the best team in the conference. don't think that goes – I don't think that's an argument – uh, but you love seeing a team like Kansas, 4-0. Like, good for them. That makes me think be uh, prideful about Rutgers. Okay, like, hey, we could turn it around now. I think the Big Ten's a much more difficult conference to play in than the Big 12. But they found the right coach, and he's working out now. Maybe he gets poached. Maybe he's going to be Michigan State's next head coach in Lance Leipold. But, yeah, there there's some bad teams in the Big 12. and I think uh, probably the is probably the worst. But the Big 12's not looking great.
0: Yeah, Kansas is – I'm curious what they do after this quarterback. Like you said, the head coach could leave Lance Leipold and – and Jalen Daniels is just that good. He was the preseason conference player of the year. So I'm cur- You have to have you know that carryover, that turnover of the roster. So whenever he moves on, I'm curious to see if Kansas can continue to play at that level. Yeah, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't understand how Mike Mike Gundy's still there. It's got to be just because he's been there so long. I mean, he's just not a lot of success. And you know, Texas Tech as well. Just not a great season from them. Yeah. And, and moving into the ACC again, another just unimpressive looking conference. Not a, yep. not really many surprises. Florida State we expected. Duke was a ranked team um, with a good quarterback coming in. UNC, obviously with Drake May. But look at Louisville up near the top of the conference. They got two wins in the ACC already. They're 4-0. I'm not sure anybody saw that one coming. I didn't I didn't for sure. So a lot of people, a lot of analysts
1: said that this is a team that could very well find themselves with a great record because their schedule is so weak. Yeah, But you can only play the games on your schedule. Uh, they're going to win games because of the, the softness of their schedule. However, they they had a scare against Indiana and they had a slight scare against Georgia Tech in the opening uh, weekend of the year. But altogether, I think that I like Jeff Brom. I think he brought a quarterback from Purdue Plummer there with him. Uh, he's always going to have capable offenses. So I agree. I, I do think, though, like, yes, Florida State is definitely the best team in the conference. But I think a lot of that has to do with just Clemson not being good. Like, they're playing bad football. They have a lot of talent, not as much talent as they had previously, but they lost that game against Florida State. They had opportunities to win that game, and they just blew it. And it looks like when you don't have a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson, Dabo might not be as what we think he is. I mean, he's going to need to adapt to what college football is now transfer portal nil he hasn't and he's going to need to period like he lost his two coordinators who are also struggling in their own right and tony perkins at uva and uh the defensive coordinator's name who i'm blanking on right now but he's at oklahoma they're not doing great like they're not doing great so we'll see what happens but i'm i'm a big i like the fact that duke is hosting notre dame this weekend we're gonna find out if they win this game you have to consider them as a possibility of winning the conference. There's no quite doubt in my mind that that's something they're capable of doing. If they beat Notre Dame at home, yeah, they beat Clemson as well at home. But, you know, Florida State has shown vulnerability. They almost lost to Boston College. They almost lost to Clemson. So let's see what happens. It's it's There's very few teams that I'm very excited about, um, but Duke is certainly one of them. Also, wait, I, I got to give the, no disrespect to Miami. Miami's also capable of winning the conference.
0: Yeah, I still got to see it from Miami for now, but... The, you know, when you look at the bottom, the Virginias we expected, Clemson we didn't expect to be there, they're 0 2 in the conference, Boston College we expected, Syracuse hasn't played a, a, an ACC game yet. If Virginia Tech's bad, it's very underwhelming. It really is. And and I think Florida State right now through four games is still far and ahead the best team. But you're you're right, Duke can close that gap if they continue to build confidence. Um, especially with Riley uh, Riley Leonard, at quarterback. This is a team that I feel like doesn't even know how good they can be yet. You know, they weren't expected to do this. They weren't expected to beat Clemson. They did. If they could somehow pull this game out, they might start feeling themselves a little bit, be like, we can compete maybe with Florida State. And Definitely. I think I have with the big five, it's got to be the, or the power five, it's got to be the worst conference right now. They look just across the board really underwhelming. When you, when you have the list of teams in front of you, it, it's kind of just a blah conference.
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's just, it makes sense why the, the ACC, the funny thing, no, ACC also similar to the Pac-12, part of the reason that's disbanding or who knows what's going to happen is because the ACC network, just like the Pac-12 network, these TV deals crippled these all, all, all conferences. The ACC for a while was very co- co- competitive. And now it's just, seems like it's a one-team race every single year. Maybe Miami can change that and give Florida State a run for its money. But Clemson's not – Clemson's out of it. At least I'm talking college football playoffs. They're out of it. Uh, Florida State's very much so in it. Miami, I guess, is still so in it. But it's going to come down to who – I don't know what their schedules are, but you're going to need to be probably undefeated with a conference championship in order to make the playoffs coming out of that conference. And that's not always the case coming from the SEC or the Big Big Ten. Like, you can – be a one loss team and not have a conference championship and still make it. So we'll see what happens. And I guess on the topic of like the big 10, we could. I think I said, I think it's the last one we went to. I don't know if it's much of a disappointment, but the big 10 West is just like, it, it's, it's so frustrating because yes, geographically it makes sense for those teams to play each other but I would love to know where Rutgers would be if they played the schedule of a team like Illinois or Minnesota or Nebraska played every year I mean those teams out there are not good if Purdue is worse than Northwestern that goes to show you that like the the conference is bad because Purdue didn't really yes they had to get a new head coach but Northwestern had a massive scandal and lost their head coach with with, you know not fire or they had to fire him but like wasn't like he moved on It's just a disaster. Yes, I do think Wisconsin's probably the best team out there. But after that, Iowa, until they establish an offense, the rest of the conference just simply is not good. They're all average to a below average, in my opinion, with Wisconsin right now being the exception.
0: I agree. And that's why Rutgers needs one of these years. Not saying it's this year, but they need to do they need to make some noise somewhere because that's what's keeping them in the reputation-wise in the bottom of the Big Ten when it comes to football because they're not the worst team in the conference. i say they're middle of the pack this year. But when you look at some of the worst teams, you know, Purdue had some good years under Jeff Brom, obviously, racking up some wins, making bowl games. Northwestern had a couple appearances in a Big Ten title game. Indiana had some good years. Rutgers is the team. Maryland now is is in the midst of their good years with the quarterback. And Mike Loxley's really building a tough program over there. Rutgers has been the team that's not done any of that. They've been mediocre. They've been bad since they've entered the conference. So they need one of these years to kind of break out and break that narrative. Because like you said, there's a lot of teams, especially out west, that are just unimpressive. They're very boring. and, And they're not, you know, might not be as, Rutgers might be better than them. When you look at, obviously, an Indiana, a Northwestern, maybe a Minnesota this year. You know, a Michigan State out there east. But still, you get my point. Rutgers needs that one year to just show that they can compete in the conference because right now they're the only team that that hasn't. So I think that's where that narrative comes from.
1: Yeah, I agree. When it comes to the most surprising, I almost want to say Northwestern, the fact that they have two wins already through the first four games of the they, year. The fact
0: they have a Big Ten win.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's huge. That's good for them. Like, that's great. I mean, the way... I still don't know if they looked like the worst team. I think Virginia Tech at times... No, they didn't look the worst they didn't look worse than Virginia though they did look worse in Virginia Tech but I mean obviously we never no one was really expecting much from Nebraska Illinois a lot of turnover there uh, but I mean you, you can clear Michigan State's just a dumpster fire so like they're yeah. that but when it comes to biggest surprise it's, I, it's every year I feel like people are going to say Maryland oh Maryland Maryland and they have looked good They period they've looked flat out good they dominated Michigan State on the road this week they play Indiana, I think. I don't know if it's home or away, but that will be a good game. It's home. 14.5-point favorites. They cover that spread. I think for sure they're a team worth noticing. And again, Talia Tungavailoa is a good quarterback. We talked a lot about the Pac-12 quarterbacks. Like I think if uh, Kyle McCord and Drew Aller were juniors, you can make an argument that the best quarterbacks in the conference or in the nation could come from the big Big Ten, they're all just kind of younger because two of the guys and two of the better teams are young players, inexperienced players. Because Tylia's is good, JJ uh, McCarthy is good, capable. Uh, and then you look at the in the West, you have Tanner Mordecai, who's a gunslinger. And outside of that, I'm not really going to highlight any other quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are playing in the Big. I mean, I think Gavin's playing great. Uh, he's got a he's got a chance to good step forward. But altogether, I guess you got You got to give Maryland. Uh, Respect when it's due, and I think they're 4-0 Against the spread, so yeah, they're probably One of the more surprising teams in the conference
0: We'll transition here Into our best bets of the week For week 5, week 5 already I'm gonna, going over last week I sit at 15-6 3-0-1 In Rutgers game, just an ugly push And a tough and a tough push getting 24 Points when What was
1: that? Which one? What, what play was the push?
0: The, uh, the Rutgers game 30, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-one to seven. I was gonna say just an ugly push, especially when you get a long touchdown on the first drive. You're thinking we got to we got to cover twenty-four here, and of course that's the last one. So three 0 one in Rutgers games, 4, four one, and one for me in six games last week. Penn State rolling over Iowa. Everybody knows I'm not an Iowa fan, so I loved Penn State there at home whiteout game. Texas another one I loved. Baylor's bad this year. South Florida was South Florida was one of my my random picks giving they they competed a little bit against Alabama. I bought in, they were getting 3 points at home and then Washington State, Oregon State over, two teams that could score. I lost the the one under 36, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. They might have come close to hitting that in the first half. Just two teams that never score any points, hit a couple big plays, but overall good week and again, if you're listening, take a chance on us. Records records speak for themselves. We pick 6 games a week and we're picking winners
1: yeah I, I forgot what mine were. I don't I, I'm falling off. You told me I was 11 and four after week three week four, week two, and I was really excited and then I fell off a cliff. It feels like
0: looking at yours, I think I have them I'll keep track of both each week. You were two, three and one uh-huh. and that that Rutgers push just horrible should have been a win our way, but we'll take a push in that just throw it out. Auburn getting seven and a half in that Oklahoma game. and you know what that should have been a win with with how bad that Oklahoma looked to in that game, but yeah. that should have been a win. Washington beating the doors off whoever they played. That was an easy win. Florida State, hey, a win's a win. Needed overtime yeah. in that one. It didn't look good for most of it. Bowling Green getting twelve and a half. I Remember you bought into now, Bowling Green last week.
1: What a mistake. I mean, really, what a mistake. It was 14 nothing. and I think they had like two defensive touchdowns. What a mistake.
0: Yeah, and and the Iowa, um, Ohio State... Three and a half, just a tough <laughs> line. Just a tough line there. Tough line, you
1: know it stinks. It is what it is, but that's why Vegas is Vegas.
0: So after that week, you sit at thirteen and eight on the season. Three all night right in Rutgers game. So still, still a good year. Pick it. We're both picking winners. Both well over five hundred. So we'll dive. We'll dive in this week, and I'm going to highlight a lot of Saturday games because again, this is going to come out a little later on Friday. So. For anybody listening, we'll, we'll get the Saturday slate in. And the there four- are
1: some good games on Friday if, 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 if you do happen to get to this. Uh, so if you like football, definitely tune in because there are three or two good games, I'll say.
0: And the first game on my list, I'm not going to bet it. I'm not going to pick it as one of my games of the week. But Northwestern's getting four touchdowns at home <laughs> against Penn State. I can't, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to say much about this game. But keep that spread in the back of your head. I, I might be overreacting to one win against Minnesota, but – that still seems kind of high.
1: Just curious. I was looking at uh, the. So this is in or at Northwestern. Their team total over right now is nine and a half. Don't hate that. Um, I think, I think, I don't think Penn State's like, they're great. They're, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they're not like trying to win games. By forty, it feels like Like they're not going for the deep passes they're playing their offense which is fine they need to win games that they should win this is one of them but it is a large spread I agree with that uh, I've been trying to like put in teams I've been trying to do like a five team like six or seven point teaser uh, just for the fun of it and that's one of these games but Northwestern I remember last year I think they played Ohio State played at Northwestern and it was a way too close to the game it was crappy weather conditions but it's just Northwestern again, not a good team, but it's a that's a big spread. But Penn State, I think they're four zero against the spread. I think uh, so. Maybe they keep it rolling. But yeah, the team total Northwestern is something to monitor. The to- over under for the game is forty six and a half, which means Penn State they're expecting Penn State to score points. If, if I if I'm reading that correctly, um, I think a game I don't know if I'll play, but uh, Clemson at Syracuse is a really important game, mostly for Syracuse, not so much for Clemson because. They have everything to lose in that game and Syracuse really has I wouldn't say nothing to lose except for momentum. I think they're still a very capable team. Not the biggest Syracuse fan because Dino Babers gets so much respect when prior to the twenty twenty one season he was like on the hot seat and it was hot. And he probably should have been fired after that twenty twenty season. He should have been twenty twenty one season actually when Rutgers beat them. They roll off these wins. They fit. They go six zero. They get to a bowl game, but then they they lose out the rest of the year. It seems so. This will be a game for them if they beat Clemson in the. It's not called the Carrier Dome, whatever it's called, could be a huge game for them. Get they're almost getting a touchdown. Uh, let's see if Garrett Strader's legit. I think the biggest problem for Clemson right now is their quarterback. If Kate Klubnik can play like the five star recruit that he was coming out of high school, I think they're fine in this game. I think the defense is still good. And I'm, I don't know what Syracuse has, but Garrett Strader's just been playing really great. So he's capable of, you know, a big play here and there just with his legs. And that's the quarterback
0: if you're unfamiliar with Syracuse. James Madison minus two and a half is an interesting one. I don't love that line, especially because they're home. But that's one to look at. And I also am looking at Florida on the road. They're getting a point from Kentucky. That game could be a pick-on by the time that game goes off. Kentucky's 4-0. and They're a point favorite right now against Florida who – You know, Graham Mertz and that offense has not looked great. It's a low over under. It's going to be an ugly game. It usually is between these two teams. I would take a flyer on Florida in that game to win. Obviously, it's only a point. Like I said, it could be a pick and by game time, but I think Florida wins that game. I know I'm not buying in. Again, that's not going to be a game that's on my six, but I think Florida comes away in that one.
1: Yeah, definitely some underrated games. That's one of them for sure. I don't know how underrated it is if it's a ranked opponent, but another one that i'm sure is gonna be have the most watched game again have all the celebrities at we just have to talk about it is obviously usc at colorado
0: yep
1: 21 and a half point spread obviously usc is being favored over under 72 and a half i do think this game is a lot more likely to be closer to the over than the oregon game I mean, colorado didn't do anything on offense i think they'll have a little bit more luck against usc but yeah we're very critical of usc's defense they're not just a cakewalk they're not just gonna let up 30 points because they're playing against a good quarterback. Like they still have some really great players on defense, specific, like a lot, a lot within the defensive line. You know, it was the tackling that screwed them up. But with, uh, Colorado isn't this team that I'm thinking of, like a bruising, going to break tackles and then bust off big plays. They're going to get explosive plays because of the athletes on their team, with these, which they still have minus Travis Hunter. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't think I'm going to touch that game, but it will be fun to see if Colorado can actually make a, a competitive game because. Look, losing forty whatever the score of the game was against Oregon, like for the amount of respect and love that Colorado got to get ranked, obviously deservingly, I think. But then to lose by that margin is like you, they were only ranked because of the headlines they were generating. Like, I, it doesn't look like they are a top twenty-five team, but maybe this week proves
0: us wrong. I've I've been back and forth on this game because seventy-three is a ton of points. I would lean under but I would never advise anybody to wake up and, and root for the under in this game because that's just not fun to do. It's just a ton of points in, in any game. Obviously, could hit. I'm also probably going to stay away from this one. I'm going to wait to see a, a USC team total because I think that's just an offense that they're going to score no matter what. Not like Oregon, who I had their team total last week and, and it missed by three points because they just stopped scoring in the second half. I mean, the coach, they came out 35 nothing at halftime. And in his interview on TV, the coach goes, you know, we're not done yet. And then they come out and they were done. They scored seven points in the second half. and I did. So you can't come out and say that and just not play your offense in the second half. USC doesn't have that problem. I think they're explosive. I think they're really good. Caleb Williams, to me, is the best quarterback in the country. I know Michael Pennick's having a great year. I think there's a lot of points out there. And we saw that Colorado team be really, really bad defensively. And they have been all year. It's kind of been hidden by... The headlines like that you mentioned with Deion Sanders and his son and all that stuff. But the defense gave up a million points to TCU. They played a bad Nebraska team. And then obviously we saw what they did against Colorado State. They should have lost that game. So this defense has been bad all year. And with USC coming in, that's not a not a place you want to be right now.
1: Also, explain to me why this game is kicking off at noon Eastern time. That means yeah. 10 a.m. out of Colorado. Yeah. Uh, so maybe – Maybe the under is the play. Is there going
0: be to be eleven touchdowns scored at ten in the morning? I don't know. But that
1: that seems so silly. That's like that doesn't make any. I would hate that. Although, yeah. literally, just if you're a student and you know what, if you're a student of age, don't go to sleep. Just have fun all night and go right to the game like that. You don't need to wake up for that one. Just sleep in today. Have fun late at night and tailgate all and oh that sounds fun actually. Now I'm talking myself. Maybe I'll go out to Colorado tonight, and have some fun.
0: I would have loved that. I'd be if that was me, I'd yeah, I would take a nap from about seven to give me seven to eleven nap on Friday night. Go out to the go out around twelve o'clock, midnight, you stay up all night, and then you know, you watch your team get their doors kicked in probably, but then you could rage all night too. I think game day's there as well, so it should be fun. It should be really fun. Game day Hopefully. is in I could be wrong too. I think game days in at Duke. Actually, we talked about the Duke Notre Dame. Oh, you're game. right. You're right. How about that too? We talked about Duke uh, having a chance to beat Notre Dame. They get game day too.
1: Yeah, they're at they're at Notre Dame. But yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that's I mean, <laughs> their football team's been better than the basketball team the last two years. Yeah. I don't think that's that, 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 nothing I thought I'd ever say out loud. Like the, no one's going to admit is, it yet. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens this year. I mean, they're returning a lot of good players, but uh, it's another conversation for another day. Um, oh, this is probably going to be one of my picks. The over or just the game in general. I'm not gonna watch it, but it could be fun because both quarterbacks have made exciting plays. The teams are just bad. Virginia at Boston College, I just think there's gonna be a lot of points scored in those games. Neither neither defense is good, and both quarterbacks are these younger gunslinger type players that are just that sling the ball around. They'll throw a pick six, they'll throw three interceptions, they'll probably lose you the game. But they will make exciting plays, and I think that they can score some points in that one, in Chestnut
0: Hill. Looking at the Kansas-Texas game, that's one that's going to be on my television, on one of my televisions. Obviously, we're going to watch the Rutgers game in some capacity. But that Kansas-Texas game, I'm a personal Kansas lover. Always have been since they've come back, mainly for gambling purposes. I had them last year when they started like 5-6-0 against the spread. I like the over in this game. I'm not... As much as I like the Jayhawks, I'm not going to take them getting 16 because they could lose this game by three scores. But give me the over in this game. It's 61.5 right now. Texas has a, an ability to score 40 on their own. And I think Jalen Daniels is good enough to get Kansas on the scoreboard a little bit. It it makes me a little nervous because this is another game that could be you know, 17-3 at halftime. Maybe the Texas defense just shows up in a big way. But I think maybe a couple scores late could get us there. Texas is explosive I'll take a chance on the over in this one.
1: Yeah. i um, just looking up something. Okay. Um, there was one that just passed. By. Oh, I think a game that should be probably exciting. A lot of animosity, which I think is a little silly. But the uh, South Carolina at Tennessee, uh, we're going to see if Spencer Rattler can continue to play pretty hot. He's been good. They haven't been necessarily winning games. Uh, but they're. I think they won last week, though. But, like, they can be if they can get a win at Tennessee, and it'll be exciting to to know if the, if USC or USC. Listen to me, South Carolina. I'm not, I'm not even though they claim to be the first USC, I'm calling them South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks win on the road in Knoxville, at Tennessee. Like that's a huge win for them, but also makes the SEC seem a lot more weaker than it is because by all measures, South Carolina is not that great. They've lost some bad games the last couple of years, but Tennessee. I mean, they got blown out last year. That was like the Spencer Sandler, like six touchdown game hendon hooker gets hurt their season falls apart they're looking for revenge Tonight game it's going to be great in knoxville they always do a great job in those night games hopefully they do one of the uh like the checkerboard games where it's like white and orange throughout the stadium uh so that's that should be a fun one uh the over under is pretty high 61 and a half so there could be a lot of points scored in that one Uh, i think that both offenses are capable with some with some you know studs out there but um and then of course we have Michigan State at Iowa, as I mentioned. Oh, Probably terrible! Yeah, not something I'm going to recommend people watch at how, night at
0: least. How bad is Michigan State down too? That they're getting ten and a half in this game when we don't even know if Iowa could score eleven points to cover a spread like that. Yeah, um, that's an yeah. auto bet to me on under thirty six and a half. That's an <laughs> auto bet there. It just off principle alone.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm eyeing the under as well. Uh, I just. Again, it could be Iowa's defense. Like, that's what's frustrating. Like, they're capable of generating points, which is really annoying. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's not like their defense has been what they've been at like, in previous years. I think that it's been better, which makes sense. I mean, you lose guys. Um, but yeah, I think that that's not going to be a very fun game. But it is a game worth watching for Rutgers fans because we play both of those teams. So if you're interested in doing any scouting, uh, you have that.
0: Uh, oh, are there the last game I feel like we have to talk about before we get to our final thoughts on our six picks. Obviously the Duke Notre Dame game game days there, we just mentioned it. Duke's getting five and a half points I'm seeing right now. That's an interesting one because is Duke ready to take the next step and is Notre Dame gonna be off kind of a an emotional letdown. That was such a, a grinded out type of game against Ohio State. And really, a gut punch with the way they lost it. So, are they going to come out a little hungover from that game and kind of mentally drained, or are they going to step up to the plate after in the face of adversity and you know turn into big performance against this Duke team?
1: Yeah, should should be a fun game. I, I I really like Riley Leonard, the quarterback of Duke, a lot. Their defense is good. Mike Elko is a great coach, uh, and they they already knocked off a big name at home. Yeah, and the, I don't know how much of a home field advantage is just because of how small the stadium is. But hey, I wouldn't want to be. I mean, I guess unfortunately, it would have been fun to see how this game would shake out if Notre Dame beat Ohio State, so like their biggest game of the year, they win. they just and then, then I think this is a game that they' lose, and they're probably like a 10 point favorite rather than a five and a half point favorite. Now they're pissed off about that Ohio State loss and looking to you know womp somebody, and Duke might be that that team. But Duke hasn't shown much they've done they've done well, they deserve to be ranked. Uh, and if they win this game, they deserve a lot, a lot of respect, and a team that can possibly win the ACC.
0: Let's dive into our six picks here, and we'll we'll start with the Rutgers game because I don't even think we have lines yet. No, um, for that whatever game. it is, Rutgers. When when that line comes out, I'm going to take Rutgers. I I would assume you are too, no matter what the number is there.
1: That's Um, just, that's, yeah, auto bet. (laughs) Auto bet, whatever it is, that's
0: it. You know, it could end up being a loss by the time this line comes out, which will come out Saturday morning at some point with those FCS uh, teams. Could end up being a loss because Rutgers might be, you know, a 40-whatever point favorite, but that's an auto bet there. Got to take Rutgers. My first bet outside of that game is going to be that Texas-Kansas over. I talked about it briefly. I think those two sides can get to 62 points. Right now I got it at sixty one and a half.
1: Yeah, mine's. I mean, that's much more exciting game than what I'm going to be picking. But I'm going to I'm going to trust my gardens here. Over, I got some ugly
0: ones coming too. So
1: yeah, the Virginia at Boston College over fifty two and a half. I just think that the defenses stink. The, the teams have scored points against better teams. Why can't they do it against each other? So we'll see.
0: This is an interesting game we didn't touch on, but Alabama late later kickoff for Bama too. I'm going to take them given 14 at Mississippi State. I don't love the fact that this is going to be a low-scoring game, in my opinion, and also how bad Milrose looked for Bama, but I think Mississippi State has looked even worse. Um, So I'm going to take Bama giving 14. They showed up against Ole Miss last week in a game they had to have, and I think the defense should make it tough for Mississippi State again. They won't score a ton of points. So if, Ruck, so if Rutgers, so if Alabama uh, could get to maybe 30, maybe score 28 points, they should be able to cover 14.
1: Yeah, I don't like using previous games. Like the reason I get burnt so much is I use previous games outcomes to drive my you know bets. But I really do think Auburn's offense looked really, really bad. And we know Georgia's defense is good, even though this is a home game for the Tigers. I'm going with the under Auburn under 14 and a half points in that one.
0: The team total. I like that one. That yeah. they looked, That offense looked so bad last week against A&M, and, and Georgia's defense is that much better. Looking around the country once again, a lot of big spreads in these games. I know I talked about that Iowa under. I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to it just yet. Maybe, maybe in two more picks I'll be ready, <laughs> but I'm not there just yet. Another game that I talked about previously that I'm going to ride is the um, – I don't even know. Where is it? Is that James Madison game, given two and a half to South Alabama. This could be a year for for James Madison. They were banned last year. Not banned. They were um, frozen last year from the postseason, right? They couldn't play in the conference title game because of the change to the FBS. I believe that was last year. Give me them, given two and a half at home to South Alabama. I don't love that line, but I'm going to roll with them this year. They're 4-0. They could get to 5-0. Yeah. This
1: one... I've actually watched them play more than I thought. I've watched two San Diego State games and two Air Force games. First of all, if you haven't watched an Air Force game, watch an Air Force mm-hmm. game. They run the triple option. I agree. I second that. Some exciting players. It's very fun. In San Diego State, I'm forgetting his name, but I had a, like a maybe a four-leg or five-leg parlay that came down to San Diego State hosting Boise State. They ended up losing the game. It was a six-and-a-half-point spread. They were down by a touchdown, and they score a garbage touchdown on the backs of their quarterback, who was tremendous. And for that reason, I do think they can keep it within 10. They're getting 10.5 points on the road. I think Air Force is in Colorado Springs. I'm taking the Aztecs plus 10.5 in this one against uh, Air Force.
0: I have watched Air Force because I I have a future on their team uh, wins over at 8. And they they throw the ball around a little bit for a service academy. They've been pretty fun to watch.
1: they're good, and I just I'm, – I'm all about
0: them. They've been pretty fun to watch. I talked – all right. It took me one one round. I talked myself into it. I'll take the <laughs> Iowa-Michigan State under. I just – if I lose this one, I'll probably end up betting it live at 36 and a half. If I lose this one, I'll be able to sleep at night with how bad Michigan State's down and with how bad Iowa's offense is.
1: I was eyeing that as well. I just – it would be if they open up and score a touchdown, that would piss me off. Oh, excuse me. Um, phone fell there. Maybe I'll take that eventually. But something I was just looking at, we talked about them West Virginia getting 13 and a half points on the road at TCU. I, I don't know how TCU has performed ever since the Colorado game. I'm, oh, okay, they've put up some points, they've taken care of business uh they have west virginia hasn't scored a lot of points that over unders 51 and a half uh you know a team oh no this, this is my auto pick every week i mean, i can't believe did go first with it washington minus 19 and a half they're my team the huskies are my team michael Penix is my quarterback i do think that's a lot they you, you said they did control the game against colorado but like any team that's up however much they were up at halftime they uh, took out all their starters and they just barely covered the spread. It was a – they made me sweat it out. It was tough. Uh, whoever they, they were playing Cal last last week, like they, they were driving to score a garbage touchdown. And I had to sweat it out. I think they won by 21. The spread was 20 and a half. But they're still a very good team where I think they can still win by three scores regardless of who's playing. And Arizona, not a good team.
0: I said I had some ugly ones. And there's a couple other ways I could go, but I'm going to take a chance on the Big Ten. And right now I see it as as a money line bet. Oh. I'm going to take Purdue in a pick 'em against Illinois, and I'm just going to roll with Vegas in that game. 3.30 kickoff, as bad as Purdue is, has looked. Their home, obviously, that's a factor. Home field usually gives about three points. Yep. So if this game was in Illinois, it obviously swings the other way. But the fact that Illinois is not favored in this game shows how little respect they're getting. They've looked like a different team this year. They haven't looked like the team that Bielema put together last year that people thought was going to turn the corner a, little bit as a, a bit as a program. Purdue needs a win. They need a statement win. They need a good performance. Their defense has played okay. Their offense has not. But this is a chance against an Illinois team, your home, eh, go get a win. That's one that, again, if I lose that one – that was just a bad pick, but and I know right now it's a bad pick, but give me Purdue money line. How many picks have we done so far? Is that four? That's all five, and the five Rutgers, and Rucker. So I got all six in. This is your last okay, one.
1: I got one more. One all right. More. Oof. <sighs> I, I I don't know if I trust West Virginia just because TCU can does have a pretty good offense. I feel like you can't go wrong with Alabama. Whenever they play Mississippi State, they always take care of business. They always take care of business. It is on the road. What is Alabama's team total? 30 and a half.
0: 30 and a half is an interesting number.
1: This isn't going to be fun. I'm probably going to miss on it. But give me Mississippi State. Because ah, yeah, ah. Will Rogers is capable. No, Mississippi State, team total under 15 and a half. I got two team total unders in this one. Really exciting plays for me. But Mississippi State, under 15 and a half.
0: 15 and a half. Wow. Interesting number there from Vegas.
1: All right. The fact that it was like they could score two touchdowns and I could still hit cover, I was like, all right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they typically handle business against Mississippi State.
0: Well, there we go, and I'll say as much. Winning as we've done, these are probably my least favorite set of picks that I've made. So we'll see how we come <laughs> out looking here. Rutgers fans out there, enjoy the game. This should be a fun one. Three thirty kickoff, long tailgate. Matt, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, this should just be a game where fans have fun. Hopefully, we see Gavin. You know, throw some nukes. Got the launch codes. Send them. Uh, we want to see some fun plays. But, yeah, defensive touchdown makes me happy. I want to see Jay Patel use his foot on a field goal or two. And let's get the dub. Score 50-plus points, roll into Big Ten, play hot with some momentum, and let's just keep chopping.
0: One last celebration before the Big Ten gauntlet begins, and it should be a good one for Rutgers fans. So, everybody, enjoy the game and enjoy the weekend.